Hey there, and welcome to the first episode of Doublers Podcast. So my name is Aaron Paul, and I will be the host of this beautiful podcast that I came up with in my brain. And I'm going to try really hard to do this first episode without editing or just overly criticizing myself, because this is a little weird to be sitting here just talking to myself. I know people on YouTube do this all the time, but it's a little strange. So I just wanted to share in this first episode um, a little bit about why I'm dis- why I decided to start this podcast and what purpose I'm hoping to serve here. Um, especially now, considering the global situation, COVID-19, the whole pandemic thing, the music industry being completely gutted. Um, especially now, this topic feels relevant, it feels important, and it seems useful for people who are probably having some kind of identity crisis, a career crisis, um, financial crisis, and there's just a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on, and I think that hearing stories from other people is always helpful. I know that for me, whenever I'm feeling like I'm alone or I'm going through some kind of struggle, one of the things that can be the most helpful is just hearing someone else who's gone through the same thing and hearing that they came out on the other side and it was fine and everything wasn't completely terrible. So um, so the purpose of this podcast is to highlight and showcase musicians who have other career pursuits, um, just focusing mostly outside of the performance slash teaching binary that we're all very familiar with. Um, I know coming out of school, there were education majors, there were performance majors, there were majors in other subjects that were peripheral to that. But, um, But it was hard to process the idea of a professional musician who wasn't teaching or a professional musician that maybe had another job, had a day job. Um, I think there's a lot of stigma around a professional musician who has a day job must not be that good. They must just be a very serious amateur, um, that kind of stuff. And so what I hope to do with this podcast, especially now, because it's especially important to emphasize that just because you don't make all of your money in music does not mean that you're not a musician. Um, And highlighting people who have stretched the boundaries of those definitions and what those things can look like. That piece of your identity as being a musician um, can be defined by you and not necessarily where your money comes from. So, obviously there's a little bit of a personal personal story here that I'm going to share with you now. So, um, just to share a little bit more about myself, I have a feeling that a lot of the people listening to this podcast know me and know who I am. But just in case I get famous, you know, and this is the this is the origin episode. Um, so my name is Aaron Paul. I am 33 years old, I think, and I live in New Jersey, right outside of New York City. So I'm based in the New York City metro area, and I've been here for about seven years. Um, this can be interesting for, especially students, I think, um, because I've I've asked a few guests. I didn't do myself first. I interviewed other people first to see, to get the feel for things. Um, But I've asked people what they studied in school, just sort of as a more of a trivia question than a what's your pedigree kind of question. Um, As a student, it was especially interesting for me to hear from people who studied something in school and didn't necessarily use their degree 
in the um, strictly defined sense of the word. So my degrees are in um, my bachelor's degree. I got a double degree in music history and French horn performance. And then I got a master's degree in French horn performance. Um, and so that's what my education looked like. Um, so when I went to grad school, I went to school in Las Vegas, which made sense at the time. I'm just kidding. I loved Las Vegas. It was a great place to be. And then I immediately got an, um, an orchestra job, a full-time job in Sarajevo, Bosnia. So I went over to Sarajevo. I spent a year in the orchestra there. I was the fourth horn in the Sarajevska Philharmonia. And it was one of the best years of my life. I had a wonderful time. I loved the people that I was with. I loved the adventures I got to go on, all of the traveling I got to do. Um, but unfortunately, European state orchestra salaries do not translate to United States student loan balances. So I made my way back to the States, and I'm from Connecticut, so I went to New York. Um, and I've been here ever since, and that's where my freelance career has taken place for the most part. I've done a lot of work in South Florida. Um, I travel back and forth there with my partner, too. Um, but before this whole COVID thing started... I was playing in the Florida Grand Opera and the Palm Beach Symphony with my partner. And one of my other main projects is that I play with the brass quintet called Calliope Brass that I co-founded in 2015 with a few other of my wonderful quintet mates. And we have been working really hard on that project, especially this year, um, because everyone suddenly had more free time. So that group has really been a... Um, I guess a foundational piece of my sanity is what I'm trying to say during this whole quarantine moment. Um, and it's been a real, I'm trying to avoid the word blessing because I don't love that word, but it has been a gift to have this quintet and to have this project and to have this continued place to continue being a musician while all this is going on. Um, my other life is that I work for a tech company called Zapier. And I started working at Zapier in April of 2019, so long before the COVID thing. Um, when I started working there, I didn't really tell anybody. I didn't want people in the freelance scene to think that I had a job and didn't need work anymore. I didn't want people to think that I wasn't playing seriously anymore. Um, I had experienced this a couple times during my uh, other forays into other industries, <laughs> Um, as my friend Josh Thompson likes to say, I have had all the jobs. So, um, so Zapier is what I've been up to for the last year and a half or so. Before Zapier, as a freelancer, I always had some kind of side job. I have been a real estate agent. I was a research assistant for Uber, which some friends may recall when I was Ubering them from my phone in Florida while they were in New York City. It was a moment in time that unfortunately will never happen again. But I um, I worked in real estate. I did the Uber thing. I have had countless administrative jobs. Um, I worked in the paper conservation department at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, which was wonderful and slightly terrifying when you realize that someone's job is to submerge paper from the 11th century into a chemical bath to preserve it. It's very strange. So I did that. I have 
freelanced online. I've done freelance copywriting. I've done freelance resume writing. I've done all kinds of stuff pretty much, but uh, I was always interested. Oh, and I used to run a small company um, where I did websites for musicians. So that was sort of my my common thread that brought me into the tech world. I was always interested in technology. I was always interested in apps and what apps could do and how I could use apps to make up for the fact that I have ADHD and can't remember anything and automating my processes and Zapier's automation software. So it kind of all fell together like that, which is very nice. Um, so yeah, I've had an interesting journey of doing all of these side projects and having all these side interests And it really kind of came to a culminating point when I was able to get this job at Zapier. I applied for remote positions at tech companies on and off for almost five years before I found the right fit and got hired. So it was definitely a long game. I can't say that I was trying the entire time because that's not true, (laughs) but um, I was always kind of looking at that in the back of my mind. It was really important to me. I wanted a remote job. I wanted a job that I could take anywhere. Um, And so that was something that was really a high priority for me. And yeah, and so when this opportunity came along, I was able to, to get through the interview process and get the job. And it's one of the best things that I ever did. And so um, that's another thing that I want to highlight in this podcast is, you know, You can take a full-time job and still be an artist and still be a musician. Those two things are not mutually exclusive. It's not easy. Having a remote job is certainly um, something that helps because I can do my job anywhere. I can go to Florida for six weeks and I can play in the opera. I can play in the symphony. And as long as I can bring my laptop, I brought my job with me. I don't have to worry about rescheduling students or, you know, you can't teach Maybe now it's different, but a couple years ago, you couldn't teach school on the internet. So, um, so that was a, that was something that I really prioritized in my, in my search for the right career moment, career thing for me. Um, so anyway, that was, uh, that was all part of that process. And I wish that I had realized earlier in that process that, it was not going to be, like I said, a mutually exclusive thing. Because even as I was starting my job at Zapier, I felt like I was leaving behind my musical life and that my music career was kind of over and it was a choice that I was begrudgingly making. And then I realized that everybody at work thought it was super cool that I did music stuff and no one gave me a hard time about needing flexibility in my schedule. Part of that is the culture of a lot of tech companies, um, and the culture at Zapier in particular, but, um, but yeah, it was not, it was not a problem and it was not a, a cutoff, even though it felt like one, even on day one of starting that job, I felt like, oh my God, okay, now I'm a grown up and I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna get to play my horn again. Um, and it wasn't true. Um, and in fact, now I think that I am a better horn player than I was two years ago, because now I have a practice routine that I can really stick to because my schedule doesn't change. Um, Part of that, of course, is quarantining in your house. You don't really go anywhere. Um, But I have a lot more control over my schedule. I can chop up my day as needed. I work remotely, so I don't even have to put on pants, let alone, you know, I can 
sit at my desk and I can play my horn for half an hour if I want to. Um, I don't have to go anywhere. It doesn't take me 45 minutes or say an hour and 20 like I used to sit on the bus to get to the Met Museum. It doesn't take me more than 10 seconds to walk up the steps and go over to my desk. So um, all of these factors have actually contributed to my musical life being better. Um, I have more fun. I'm, I'm able to say no to things that I don't want to do. I'm able to say yes to things that maybe aren't necessarily the most financially sensible, but they are more artistically interesting or artistically satisfying. Um, I can commit to things and not feel like I have to sell my time to the highest bidder, which it's not necessarily a good or a bad thing. It was just something that I didn't really want to do anymore. And that was just a, a point that I came to. Um, and not having to make those choices made my artistic life more fulfilling and more satisfying. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just been, it's been a great move. So even outside of the context of the world's on fire and there's no gigs anymore, um, for me, having a full-time job improved everything about my musical life. And so I want to encourage anybody who is in this situation and maybe hasn't made a move. Um, I don't totally love the word pivot because I think right now um, there's... I think of it more as a parallel because you're just leaning into a different skill set, but that doesn't mean you've abandoned the other one. Um you haven't abandoned your musical life. You haven't abandoned your identity as a musician. I think we all get very wrapped up in our identities as a musician. I am a musician. That's what I tell people. And I still tell people that even though I have a full-time job in tech. Um, that's the thing that I say first. And no, do I put that on my taxes now? No. Or whatever form it is that asks you your occupation. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, that piece of my identity is still there. Um, and it's more meaningful and I appreciate it more now. And I think I have um, just a better balance of the things in my life. And having something else to do is really helpful for making me a better musician. I just, I'm a much better player than I was two years ago. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So anyway, um, hopefully this podcast will serve as a resource as a source of inspiration, perhaps, for people who are at a turning point and they're not sure which parallel they want to lean into in the meantime until the music industry comes back. Um, I hope that this podcast is a source of comfort, knowing that there's other people going through the same journey and that there's people who have gone through the journey outside of the context of this mess and still had a positive outcome. I think that a lot of the stigma around having a second job or a day job or a second career is going to be reduced because now we're all kind of in the same boat. Um, it's even harder than it was to to make a living as a musician, if if anything. So I'm look, thinking about that as a silver lining. I know that that's not, I know that's a empty, maybe an empty platitude for some people, but um but I'm hoping that for a lot of people who may be searching for the next thing, that they can use this podcast as, as a resource for all of those things that I mentioned before. And um, 
And yeah, and I hope that the story of my own journey is useful or helpful for someone who might be thinking about their path forward um, or thinking about the upsides of making some kind of different choice or leaning into a different path for the time being um, and help them to not feel like they've given up or that they wasted all this time in school and it was worth nothing or any of the negative narratives that are easy to put on yourself when you find yourself in this position um, or find yourself making these choices, you can start to feel like, well, gee, where did I spend all this money in seven years in school and however many countless hundreds of dollars on auditions and lessons and all these things. Um, Even if the outcome of those things is not maybe what you started out thinking that you wanted to do, you know, I thought I wanted an orchestra job and then I had one. And then I realized, you know, it wasn't just the salary that brought me home. I, I, the variety of freelance life was more appealing to me. Um, I loved my orchestra. I loved the people that I played with. Um, but I am a control freak and I really wanted to have a little bit more say in what I was doing day to day instead of getting a schedule and being told what I was going to do and having the freedom to choose among different projects or even start my own. Starting Calliope Brass has been a huge uh, has been a huge part of my artistic life. And if I had kept my job in Bosnia, I, I would never have started that group. And I would have missed out on the, both the artistic fulfillment and the, and the friendships that I've made in that group. So, um, so anyway, I hope that this is useful. Thank you for listening to me talk to myself for almost what? 19 minutes. And, um, And yeah, if you know someone who is a musician who has a secondary career and maybe didn't want to talk about it before or maybe felt embarrassed before um, and is feeling like they want to share what they've been able to do with others who might be in a similar position, something that might be of interest to fellow musicians, um, yeah, please send them my way. Head over to doublerspodcast.com. I do have a... um, a submission form for suggesting folks to interview. And if there are any specific questions or topics that you'd like me to cover, anything that is of interest um, or that could be useful, uh, please, please contact me via the website. There's a contact form on there, I think. And, uh, and let me know because I want this to be something useful and I want this to be something that can serve as a resource For people, you know, not only now during the pandemic and during the quarantine, but also for students coming out of school, students who maybe they have a performance degree and they don't know that they're going to make a career of it, but they're not quite sure where to go next, or they want to keep performance as part of their life, but they're not sure how to balance that with another pursuit, how to balance it with something else. And uh, yeah, so please give me your feedback, follow me on... um, on Instagram at Doublers Podcast, and I hope that I hear more from you.